Well, hello there. Uh, if you are not familiar with Riverwood Church in Waverly, Iowa, and somehow stumbled onto this video, my name is Aaron, lead pastor for Riverwood. And if you are part of the Riverwood family, you're probably wondering why this video. It doesn't look right. Uh, turns out this morning in our worship gathering, the audio did not get recorded. Uh, it was caught, tried to make some changes and adjustments, um, ended up being able to make it just good enough for people who are online, but it's not going to be quite where we really need need it for podcast and uh, archival purposes. So after talking with a, a few people this morning, decided it was worth taking the time here today. It's still January 8th, 2023. Uh, this is what I wore this morning, so I haven't changed. But um, just wanted to uh, go ahead and take the time to record this uh, somewhat for our purposes, but also just in case there's anyone in the Riverwood family who really wanted to be a part of it and was either sick this morning or traveling uh, or whatever. And so uh, hopefully this will be a blessing to someone out there. Uh, so this morning when I kicked off my sermon, I asked the question if anyone was familiar with the phrase, the clothes make the man. Now, not very many people raise their hands, but I suspected more actually know the phrase than actually acknowledge that they did. We all know that the idea behind the phrase is that what you wear kind of makes who you are. And I made the comment that that's absolute rubbish. Uh, you, you can't just put on a suit and suddenly become president of the United States. Like, it, your your level of income, your likability, your level of leadership shouldn't be determined on whether you're wearing a t-shirt or a tie or maybe a power suit or a sweatsuit. Uh, and yet, that phrase has been around a long, long time. I didn't realize how long it had been around. I thought it came from Mark Twain. Uh, Mark Twain famously wrote, uh, Mark Twain was Samuel Clemens' pen name, and so good old Clemens said that clothes make the man, naked people have little or no influence on society. <laughs> but it turns out that Twain was not the first to write that idea. Well, the second half, I think, was was uh, just him. But it turns out that Shakespeare included a, a form of it in Hamlet. But even he wasn't the originator. It turns out that about 500 years ago, a guy by the name of Erasmus, writing in Latin, Erasmus was a Dutch philosopher and a Catholic priest, wrote this phrase. However, he was not the originator. When he wrote it, he was supposedly quoting an ancient author named Quintilian, who wrote in about 70 AD about Homer's Odyssey and gave that phrase. And so that should actually make us pause and think that there must be something behind this if you have someone 500 years ago quoting someone from 1,400 years prior who's quoting someone who, who wrote an epic poem before the birth of Jesus. While clothes don't make the man, we need to acknowledge that they do affect the perception of the man. A uh, guy I knew a few years ago, I was living in Cedar Rapids. Uh, he was part of our church. His name is Scott. And uh, Scott had found out that we were uh, going off on this church planning journey. It really made him curious. He wanted to know more uh, about what this all meant. Uh, so we went out and did lunch. And because I just only knew him casually, I thought I'd just also ask some questions to get to know him. Found out that he had uh, started his career in marketing uh, in uh, working for Rockwell Collins there in Cedar Rapids. Uh, Col Rockwell Collins is now called Collins Aerospace. 
But he worked for Rockwell for a number of years, and then a buddy of his was starting a uh, home building construction business and uh, was going to need marketing. So at first, if I remember the story right, Scott was just going to simply kind of like moonlight, do some things on the side to help him out. But then he ended up realizing like, I probably should do this full time. So he quit at Rockwell, started doing marketing for this new construction company. And within about a year or two, he realized he would be more effective in his job if he had his real estate license. So he studied and went and took it and passed. So he became a real estate agent, but having no plans to actually be a real estate agent, just continuing on in his job. Well, Mom and dad found out that uh, their son now had a, a real estate license, so they asked if he'd help sell their house. Well, you don't say no to mom and dad, so of course he's going to help them out. Well, then brother wanted some help, and a friend, and someone from church, and pretty soon friends of friends, and pretty soon he realized he's not going to be able to do both the marketing job and this kind of new side gig, side hustle of real estate. And so he quit the marketing job to go full-time as a real estate agent. Well, when he was in, in marketing, uh, Scott told me that he, in the spring and summer, would wear polos, and in the fall and winter, he'd wear a button-up uh, dress shirt but no tie. But as a real estate agent, he felt this pressure, this um, uh, expectation that he should wear a suit. And so every day, he began to wear a suit and tie. Well, he said one day he walks into the video store, and yes, that's how old this uh, story is, uh, this is pre-Netflix days. <laughs> Actually, it's probably uh, during the days when Netflix mailed out videos. Some of you might remember those days. But uh, he, his family had rented videos from the, the rental store, and they were notorious for forgetting to get them back on time. And so they were always paying the late fees. So he said he walks into the video store, and he's like, hey, this is late. Uh, what do I owe? And the guy behind the counter says, ah, don't worry about it. And he's like, no, seriously, what, what do I owe? It's like, no, really, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's no big deal. And, and this is before a lot of the stores were getting rid of late fees uh, to try and keep customers. So Scott just thought the guy was being kind of nice and said he just walked out. Well, a couple of days later, he's at a restaurant and something was wrong with their food. I forget what exactly what happened, but the manager apparently came out and said, I, I just want to apologize for all of this. Um, this one's on us. Gave Scott and, and the guy or gal, whoever he's with, th their meal for free. So now Scott's starting to think, okay, something's going on. Two, two times in about two days, I've been treated differently than, than normal. Well, a week or so later, uh, he was, I forget where he was at, probably DMV or something. But anyway, he walks in, there's this big long line. And he's standing there and someone up at the front, the counter goes, oh, hey, sir, um, I, I can help you up here. And he got to skip all these people to go up front. Now, he doesn't know if these certain people were, were waiting for something else and that person, you know, was available for walk-ins like him, but he just started getting the sense that people were treating him differently because of the suit. He said when he would wear the polos, he had to pay the fines, but when he was wearing the suit, he was treated much nicer. Now, I don't tell that story to try to encourage you to wear a, a power suit to get out of your next uh, parking ticket. I tell you that story as an illustration to show that what you wear affects the perception of others. For instance, if you were to go around wearing a cut-off denim vest and leather pants, people would probably assume you ride a Harley, but you're not planning to run for Congress anytime soon. Or if you're a woman, if you wear a beautiful big white gown, people will probably think you're getting ready for a wedding and not getting ready to run a marathon. 
or my joke this morning was uh, if you wear a sweatshirt on Sunday, people think it's either your day off or you're a pastor who's trying a little too hard to be relevant. What you wear affects the perception of others. Now, you're not tuning in here because you're wanting fashion advice from me. So something else is clearly going on. Well, just as your physical clothes affect the perception of others, so do your spiritual clothes. Today, we are going to hear the Apostle Paul tell us what to wear spiritually because it will affect the perception of others and affect the perception of the church. So, if you brought a Bible, I invite you to open it up to Colossians chapter 3. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, I am going to go ahead and put the scripture up here because I've got the time to edit this and, and make sure to include the, the slides we used this morning. But uh, even though I'm going to be putting the scripture up, I just encourage you, especially if you're new to the Bible, take the time right now to get your Bible, push pause, go grab your Bible, even pull out your phone if you need to, and spend that time taking taking that, that moment to navigate to it. Because it's just really, really good practice for you to build into this habit of, of taking this thing and opening it up, figuring out where Colossians is, how to navigate to chapter 3. Today, we're going to be doing verses 12 through 17, how to find the little 12. So, even if you're new, to, especially if you're new to the Bible, take that time to open it up and navigate and get to it. All right. Uh, have you ever heard of a musical mashup? Uh, uh, if not, it's where you take two songs from completely different genres, sometimes even from different eras. And when you discover that they have similar chord progressions, or maybe the melody of one can fit right on top of the chords of another song, you take them and you mash them together and thus, in a sense, create a new song. Well, today I am doing a sermon mashup. Uh, Last November, we uh, uh, finished up at verse 11 in chapter 3 of Colossians. We were in a series called Centered. Centered was our verse-by-verse, section-by-section walk through the book of Colossians. And so, the original plan was we would do these 21 days of prayer. On January 22nd, we would then do Vision Sunday. And then on January 29th, we'd go back to the Centered series and complete over the next month or so the book of Colossians. Well, as I was putting together these 21 days of prayer, thinking through the three Sundays that would be involved, for this particular week, I realized that what we were supposed to be doing here on January 29th actually fit perfectly with what we needed to hear today. So, today is a sermon mashup. We're taking what should be the 10th message in the Centered series and mashing it with what is the second sermon in this Gospel Growth series, because there's something that you need to hear as an individual follower of Jesus— and also what we as a church need to hear. So, if you have your Bible open there, let me pray, and then we're going to read verses 12 through 17. Well, Heavenly Father, um, you knew uh, this morning that the audio would not record. And so, I'm just going to trust you that there was uh, something that maybe I forgot to say that it needs to be said right now, uh, or maybe there's uh, something I said this morning that needed to be said a better way, and so you're wanting us to take this time to record this and to listen to it and to learn from it. And so, Lord, I just... Take this and put it in your hands, asking for you to do with it what you need to for your glory and for our growth. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so look there at Colossians chapter 3, start at verse 12. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. 
And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. My previous job before we started Riverwood Church, I was the uh, young adult uh, pastor at a church. And that meant I did a lot of weddings and very few funerals. And I kind of liked that ratio. I uh, uh, would do premarital counseling with almost every single couple that I officiated their wedding. And so when I stood on that stage before the, the bride and the groom, I wasn't just standing before a random couple just performing a service. I was standing before my friends. And so it was always a joy to get to officiate and, and to even speak at their wedding. And I remember for Adam and Lisa, I used Colossians 3 as the text for their sermon. Because I knew Adam was going to look fantastic in his tux. I knew Lisa was going to look absolutely gorgeous in her dress. I knew that their friends and family that were going to fill that auditorium were, were going to just be absolutely decked out. And yet I also knew that Adam's tux would end up going back to the rental store that Lisa's gown would probably get put in a bag and put in storage to be given to a, a child, a daughter someday, or, or given to a friend. And they would have to then just go and go back to their everyday regular clothes. But what we hear in this passage is Paul encouraging us to, to put on these spiritual clothes. And, and what are the spiritual clothes that he wants his followers, as, as he describes them, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved? What is it they're supposed to wear? Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Right now, we are here in Iowa in the uh, throes of winter, and my wife is always cold. <laughs> uh, she pretty much every day wears what she terms her warm wear. Uh, when you, for those of you who know my wife, when you see her, she usually has on one, if not two layers underneath that you can't see. Uh, in fact, uh, last night uh, we're getting ready for bed. I think I'm brushing my teeth and she says, oh, hey, by the way, um, were you planning to use your long underwear tomorrow? And I was like, no. She goes, good, because I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> She's just always cold and just is always looking to put on more layers to try to stay warm. Paul tells us in both Galatians chapter 3 as well as in Romans 13 that if you are a follower of Jesus, you are to put on Christ. You are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your underclothes. The gospel is to be the first thing you put on because it helps keep you from being cold-hearted and helps you become warm-hearted so that you can then, through your warm-heartedness, your Christ-likeness, wear clothes of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. When you wear these clothes, though, not only are you attractive, it, they're, they're kind of like your Sunday best, but they're to be everyday type of clothes. They're also like your work clothes, because notice what they help you to do. Notice there in verse 13. They are to help you bear with one another. You were to help bear others' burdens. 
whether you're part of a church or, or out at work or at school or with your friends, your neighbors, you, you're to help bear their burdens. When you have this heart filled with these kind of spiritual clothes, it makes it easier to just step in and to love and to serve and to help to bear their burdens. But notice he goes even deeper. It's not just to bear their burden with them. He also says that if one has a complaint against another, we are to forgive each other. And he even says the motivation there. Again, if you put on Christ, if you put on the gospel, that's the first thing you're wearing. And then you are to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. The gospel shows you that God, this perfect holy God, has forgiven you of your sin. So therefore, you should forgive your fellow sinners their sin against you. God does not want you trapped in your own little prison of bitterness. He wants to see you set free. And so if God, the perfect will that God can forgive you, you can forgive someone else. Now, it doesn't mean that, that forgiving them means there's no more consequences. In other words, forgiving them means you're trusting God to be a better judge than you. If you refuse to forgive someone else, you're saying, I, you know, God, you're pretty smart, you're pretty wise, but I don't think you're going to get this one right. I, I'm going to have to be the judge. But when you forgive, you're in a sense saying, all right, God, I trust you to do with them what you need to do, what is right. Because if you could forgive me, I'm going to trust you can help me to forgive them. Now, there's one more thing that we are to put on, and it's in verse 14. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This is kind of like your overcoat. This is the thing you put on. This is what's going to make you most iconic, most memorable. People can see this coat from a distance, and they're going to know it's you. Uh, this morning, I looked at the Riverwood family, those who were there in attendance and our, our first-time guests, and I said, hey, if I had a chance to talk to your close friends, your coworkers, your classmates, and I asked them to describe you in one word, what word would they use? Now, because I know a lot of you in the Riverwood family, I, I know a lot of you, would, we'd hear the word nice. Uh, some of you would get the word funny. Uh, some of you would be called reliable. Uh, some of you might be uh, described as a good listener, even though that's two words, that'd be cheating. But I asked everyone, so I'll ask you, would any of them use the word loving? I'll, I'll be honest. I feel like the, the people in my life, the, the large, large, large majority like me. Uh, they respect me. I don't know how many of them actually use the word loving. And yet, if we are going to be these Jesus followers who live like Jesus lived and love like Jesus loved, if we have put on love over all these things, that's what people are going to see and notice and feel. It affects and shapes their perception of us as well as his church and of Christ himself. Put on love over all these things. But not only are these clothes going to affect the perception of others and, and be a little bit like your work clothes, or, or I, I think these also can, can be like armor. I think these kind of clothes can also to protect you. Because notice the next verse, verse 14. I mean, sorry, 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. When you wear this kind of clothing, you will have peace. It doesn't mean everything is awesome and perfect and, 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 and no problem. You could still have a chaotic life of all sorts of things going on around you, but you will have this underlying peace because you've got on these long underwear, the warm wear of the gospel. You've been putting on compassion and kindness and all these things, and over it all, you've put on love. 
and that will allow peace to rule in your heart and mind. And notice the last phrase he says there, it will also help you to be thankful. As the great theologian of VeggieTales says, the thankful heart is a happy heart. You want to be happy? Find things to be thankful for. When you can point to all these things in your life for that which you're thankful, you will find yourself happy. But that kind of happiness comes from a thankfulness that is based in Christ because you have put on these clothes. You've allowed God to put his character, his righteousness, his very self around you so that when people see you, they sense the love of God. They see Jesus. So, if you long as a follower of Jesus to see gospel growth in you, ask and pray for God to help you have these kind of spiritual clothes that you'd be filled with compassion and kindness humility, meekness, and patience, that you would be able to bear with one another, you would be able to forgive others, because you have put on over all these things the love of Christ. Now, while I agree with everything I've just said, I have left off something very key and critical. And to help you see it, I want you to flip back, if your Bible's still open there, flip back, or if you're on your phone, scroll up. Head to Colossians chapter 1. Go to Colossians 1, and we're going to look at the first two verses. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you, and peace from God our Father. Now, this morning, I looked at those who were in attendance, and I said, all right, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and I want you to, to call out. I said, so first, who wrote this letter? And with you know, within moments, milliseconds, a couple of people called out Paul. And, and they're exactly right. However, I pointed out that they're making the same mistake I made. Who else has written this letter? Yes, Timothy, our beloved brother. And then I asked everyone who wrote um, who this was being written to. And, and some people said, uh, the saints. And, and it was kind of muffled. So I said, wait, can you say that again? And they're like, uh, to all the saints. I was like, wait, 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 who? And they're like, to all the saints and faithful brothers. I said, wait a second. You mean to tell me this isn't written to the pastor of this church? This isn't written to just like the elder board or, or the deacons? You're telling me this isn't written to Joe or to just Jack and Jill? Like this is written to all the saints and follow brothers and sisters, I'm sorry, faithful brothers and sisters that are found there at the church in Colossae? Because if that's true, which it is, that means the words in Colossians 3 are not just for individual followers of Jesus. They are, but it also means it's for the whole church. If you are a follower of Christ, this means it isn't just you that is to show compassion It's us as an entire Riverwood family that is to show compassion to people. It isn't just you by yourself showing kindness because God was so kind to you. No, it's us as a church being marked by kindness. It's us as a church showing humility, putting the needs of others before our own. It's us having meekness. It's us being patient. It's us being marked by love. For us to see this, We're each individually going to need to show these things, to have this kind of gospel growth in us. But 
It means it needs to be a mark of the entire church. That's why this week, as we continue on in our 21 days of prayer, as we head into the second week, we're going to shift from just praying for our own individual growth to now praying for us as a church. Uh, if you're doing the daily devotionals with us, whether you have a paper copy or you've got, you're using the digital copy of our devotionals or you're receiving the emails each day, you're going to hear in there ways that you can continue to grow. But what I'm going to ask you to do is continue to figure out how to pray for that for the entire church family. So this week, all the devotionals are written by our elders, our staff, by some of our partners, and you are going to be so blessed by their uh, readings, their, their, their writings. Uh, I, I, I had so much fun editing them. I was just so impressed by how good they were, and so I'm excited for you to get to, get to read those. But as you read them, you're going to see ways you can continue to grow, but it's also going to be a prayer, a plea for us together as an entire family to grow. Uh, this morning, we took time to then pray. Uh, I'm not going to do that uh, the way we did it this morning here in this video. Uh, we just took some time. I would call out an area based on Colossians 3 to invite people to pray just silently. Um, so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this in prayer, but I just ask you, if you were part of the Riverwood family, would you please, please, please pray that these things would become true of us? They are true in, in many levels, in many ways, and yet we can still continue to grow in them. We are not there yet. If you are not part of the Road family, but somehow someone sent this to you, would you pray these things for your church? If you're a follower of Jesus and you're involved in your church, would you pray these things for them? And if you are not a, a follower of Jesus yet, I know this whole entire sermon was kind of focused on, on uh, who we as followers of Jesus should be, the kind of character we should have, and also what that means then for the church, the kind of spiritual clothes the church should wear. But as you listen to that and you realize this is the life God's calling you to, it means you've got to believe that the whole crazy story of the gospel, of, of, of a triune God sending the, the second member of the Trinity down to earth, who, who left his throne in heaven to take on human flesh, to live in the sinful world, but to be the only person to have ever lived a sinless life. And yet, because he loved us so much, he went to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And by paying that penalty, we are forgiven of our sin, and we are allowed to come into this relationship with God. If you suddenly realize that's true and that God wants to close you with compassion, with humility, with kindness, with, with his grace, patience, cover it all with love, then I just encourage you as I pray for, for my church and for you listening, that you would just take a moment to pray that God would just bring you into his family, change your heart, and begin to clothe you with these things so that you too, as you put on Christ, might live like Jesus lived and love like Jesus loved. So let me close in prayer. Well, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for helping me go through this a second time. Uh, I pray that there would be even just great benefit for me, but also for those that maybe heard it this morning and are listening to this again uh, via podcast or on the website, or maybe someone who's, who's turning in for the first time. I pray that this would be a big help and a big blessing. Father God, I pray that you would help us as individuals to be people who wear these spiritual clothes of compassion and kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and love. But God, I pray that you would do more than that. I pray that these th words would be so readily used to describe Riverwood Church. God, I want to see my church family 
continue to grow in these ways. I thank you for the people you've made a part of my church family, the, the ways you are growing them, the ways they serve you, the way they, they serve one another. But God, would you just continue to grow us spiritually, grow us in your gospel, grow us in our understanding and knowledge. May we treasure you above all things as you transform us into the image of Jesus, that we would live like he did with compassion and kindness and humility and all of it. This would be what we are known for. This is who we are because of your work in us through your spirit. And so, God, if there is anything that I may have said that was not of you, somehow would you just graciously let us forget that? But anything that was from you that you really want each and every one of us listening to this to get help these things to ring in our hearts and our heads throughout this week, throughout this month, throughout 2023, and throughout all the rest of the days of our lives. May you, God, be glorified as you turn us into these people putting these spiritual clothes upon us as we find great joy in it. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this was a big blessing to you. Uh, would you do me a favor? Uh, would you, if you took the time to completely go through this, would you just send me a quick email? It's just Aaron, E-R-I-N, at weareriverwood.org. And just simply let me know that you uh, listened to it. Uh, and uh, it would just help me to know that uh, this was worth the time and energy and effort to, to do this for you. So thank you so much. And I hope you have a great week. And if you're doing the 21 days of prayer, please enjoy those devotionals. Just dig in. Let's continue to chase after the heart of God and let him grow us into the people he wants us to be. Bye.